0: This is The Annex, a sociology podcast. I'm Joseph Cohen from the City University of New York, Queens College. And I'm Gibra Rossman from UCLA. Our guest today is Michelle Silver from the University of Toronto. Her book is Retirement and Its Discontents, Why We Won't Stop Working Even If We Can with Columbia University Press. Today, slow peer reviews. Our discussion was recorded on Wednesday, May 1st, 2019. Over the weekend, there was a great discussion on Twitter that was set off by uh, Elise Paradis, I think her name is, from the University of Toronto. Uh, Elise works at the intersection of health and sociology, and she made an interesting comparison about uh, reviewer turnaround times in her two fields. So apparently the average health profession's education journal med ed takes about 21 days for reviewers to turn around a submission in contrast sociology she says takes 16 weeks and at least makes a great point like these slow turnaround times are a killer for junior faculty right you because that's an average that's three four months on average so like a young person who feels time pressure to publish is gonna submit a journal and wait like six months before they hear anything So my question, like, what's going on with this? Is this true that there's such a big difference? Why does it take so long? And should we be doing anything about it?
1: I think it very much depends on the editor.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And I, you know, I, I, my experience has been that, uh, you know, I've had things that, uh, Took nine months just to get a reject. I've had an article that um, was accepted right away, and then it took three years to actually <laughs> see the right light of day. Um, and I have experiences like you know, as as a reviewer um, in the health sciences, doing reviewing that's uh, not blinded, right? Like mm-hmm. so, there are journals there where, uh, and I think that matters too. So, um, you know, I mean, we all know like the horror stories of how long it takes and in the sciences, like it really, it really can matter in terms of like getting the research out there. If it's not recent, then <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. Right. So it's an important issue.
0: So uh, a couple friends at the show, Richard Carpiano from uh, Riverside and Philip Cohen from Maryland argued that not all journals have slow turnaround times. Like, uh, the journal of health and social behavior apparently turns around in a few weeks And uh, socius, Uh, and here I want to interject the opinion that like socius and sociological science are putting out great articles despite their fast turnaround times. So, you know, maybe it's just an organizational thing. And then uh, Elise and uh, Anthony Artino from uh, the Uniform University of Health Sciences, like they talked about how peer review isn't valued in this business, right? Like uh, in other disciplines, sometimes uh, people pay reviewers. Or you know, is there some way we can achieve peer recognition for good reviewing? I guess you get that with an editorship or something like that. But um, and then the other one, I had a cranky, I had a cranky one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of what's submitted, and this is totally colored by like two articles, you know, that I'm reviewing now that have made me mad. A lot of articles are 40 pages that should really be 20 pages you know, because like, I I just I sometimes I run into an article that's 15 pages of like lightly considered lit review, that isn't even that original. And I'm trying to be like constructive and whatever. But like, if I could just be like, I hated this and not explain why I could probably turn this thing out much faster. And then just talk about the empirics. I think that I think that the front matter slows down everything, slows down the writing process, slows down the research process. And like most most writers, what they bring to the table are empirics. So if we had short papers that were just focused on empirics, I bet you that would speed things up.
1: I think that it's just sort of part of the acculturation process to mm. academia. <laughs> you know, and it's, I mean, it's really anachronistic, because the the thing is that now, like our students have short attention spans, We're, we've been, you know, we everything is about like, quick, quick, quick. And then we have, um, you know, this experience of You know, which the only virtue of it is that it's like teaching us to be patient, which is very good and applicable to lots of different realms of life. Mm -hmm. But it's just so ironic, right? Like if especially when things are online, like there isn't a limited amount of space. I hear what you're saying in terms of like maybe the quality of writing suffers when things go on too long. But Mm -hmm. but that's sort of a different issue. The, The bottom line is like there is space. And in terms of time, like lots of lots of demand for things to be quick so it's very frustrating when the process uh, is so slow
0: you, you think that uh the expectations of a fast turnaround time are maybe unrealistic or
1: well i mean as a reviewer you know it's sort of it's you know it's hard you're on like all different ends of it and you're you know when when a journal you know like want something so quickly it does start to feel like a little bit unrealistic to get back But when you're the one reviewing, but then when you're on the other end, it seems like, yeah, this took a year just to collect the data. And I like, I want this to see the light of day soon, Mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, I I mean, the process is just one of like patience and rejection and (laughs) (laughs) rinse and repeat. And I, I think that there are some good things to that. I think having a, you know, a dose of rejection is not so bad, I think you know, the more that we experience failure, I think there's a lot to be gained from that. And for me, I can't help but think about the review process and associate it with rejection.
0: Well, it's what it's what mo- that's what's mostly involved in it, right? <laughs> you rejecting, you getting rejected. But Gabe, you want to set us straight? Well,
2: so, I mean, I favor faster review, which is why I've been on the board of sociological science for a few years. Um, and... You know, there's trade-offs to it, both for the um, the editorial team and for the authors. So, mm. from the editorial side, it's a lot of work. Um, it, it, you know, we expect a lot from our board, and we expect a lot from our reviewers. So, the norm in sociology for most journals is that the reviewer has a month to turn around the article before they start getting the nagging emails. Mm-hmm. And in sociological science, we give you seven to 10 days mm-hmm. and we have to turn around the article overall in 30 days. And that's a lot of work. Like, you know, there's a lot of times where I just feel overwhelmed with peer review or I have something else going on or I'm traveling or something like that, or I mm. just missed the email assigning me an article because our system is basically, Jesper gets the article, Jesper delegates it to a board member. Mm. The board member skims it and assigns it to a contributing editor which is basically our reviewer pool Mm -hmm. and then that that contributing editor has around a week maybe a little bit longer to get the review back to us and then the um the deputy editor which is me and you know seven other people um, reads it carefully writes a review and then jesper reads it and writes a review Mm. so that's our process and um it's really tight and if you you know and if you don't hear back from a contributing editor like you send them the review request Mm -hmm. and then they don't answer you for a week Mm -hmm. then you have to go to another contributing editor it's like you just have the sense of impending doom like clocks ticking you know and so it's it's really hard to turn around things in 30 days for the editorial team uh and i would include both the you know the assistant editors like me and Jesper and also the contributing editors, right? It's, it's tough to be told you only have seven to 10 days to turn around an article. Um, and then on on the author side, like there's a certain amount of discontent about our model from authors. Like if you search, if you, uh, you know, I, I'm not a regular on SJMR, but I occasionally, uh, lurks there. Mm -hmm. And when social science comes up, what you always hear is I sent there and I didn't even, I don't think they even read my paper, Mm -hmm. you know, and um and then you know similarly on twitter uh, a little bit ago i saw some economists saying that if you get desk rejected or even if you get rejected i can't no i think he was saying if you get desk rejected um you should the the journal should have to refund your submission fee and i'm thinking wait a minute the editor still had to skim your paper Mm -hmm. they still had to enter it into the content system Mm -hmm. you know they basically incurred all the overhead that they do from a full review the only thing that they didn't do is bother the reviewers with it but the reviewers aren't getting paid anyway it's not like they take the $40 submission fee 10 bucks goes to the editor and 10 (laughs) bucks goes to reviewer one 10 to reviewer two 10 to reviewer three and by the way if they did it would obviously not be worth it
0: right (laughs) yeah
2: because unless you can review an article in like 15 minutes (laughs) in like 15 minutes (laughs) it's not worth your time so um anyway so i i mean the I mean, if I think anybody who thinks about it seriously has to realize that that just covers the overhead. Um, so, but there's a certain so it's like people want things. It, it's like the the saying about everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like people want faster review, but then when you actually give them faster review, they bitch about everything that's involved. You know, because faster review necessarily involves fewer reviewers. Mm-hmm. It involves more desk rejects. Mm-hmm it involves uh, more terse uh, reviewer comments. Mm-hmm. And I think people have this attitude of everything that they submit should go out for review and they should get pages and pages and pages of feedback. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, my attitude is if you want pages of feedback, make friends and ask them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's not yeah. what review is for. Review is for deciding whether the paper is worth publishing or if it's the standard developmental review process, figuring out if it's close enough that it could be fixed and if so, how to fix it. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like if a paper is obviously not publishable in anything close to its current state, nobody owe, owes you any comments on it at all. But that is not how people feel in sociology. They're, they're completely used to the idea that um, you know, they're, they're entitled to um, uh, robust feedback. Uh-huh. And it's like, don't you have colleagues? You know, and if you don't, I feel bad for you. But it's not my fault as a peer reviewer, and it's not my responsibility. Um, and then it, this is a different issue, but related to that, people bitch about paywalls. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, how come it's paywalled and Elsevier and things like that? But then it's like, okay, well, then we'll have author fees, mm-hmm. and then they complain about that. And you know, because these are sociologists, people we're not like a sociologist can't complain about traffic mm-hmm. or the weather without blaming it on inequality. And so, you know, if they put too much salt in your soup at the restaurant, it's because of inequality. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same kind of way. Uh, people will frame a- any objections they have to um, newer, faster reviewing models hmm. as, you know, oh, it's just elitist. They just publish their friends. It's a rich kids club. Mm-hmm. The author fees are just for people with like these, like, you know, fat research accounts, et cetera, et cetera. About forty bucks? Uh, well, uh, basically, all journals charge around forty bucks. I'm talking about the when you actually publish a paper in yeah. socius or sociological science, you have to pay around five hundred dollars for the Mm -hmm. author's fees, which I can tell you barely cover the expenses. And that's only because the run is a tight wad. That's expensive though. It's expensive, but it's like, I mean, realistically, a line in your CV is worth a lot more than that. And if you don't think your article is worth $500 to your career, then that implies that you have very little faith in your own scholarship. I mean, I can can see a liquidity uh, concern. Yeah. But if you imagine no liquidity concerns, it's fucking ridiculous to say that it's not worth $500 to get an article out there.
0: There are liquidity. Like there are people who can't afford to go to conferences because they can't, you, you know,
2: know. Yeah, yeah. I, I And I, I sympathize with that, the the liquidity concern.
0: But if you have a tenure track or a tenured position, I, yes, you're right. You, you should be able to pay.
2: Yeah. And even if you're a grad student, it's worth it, even if you, but there could fairly
0: be liquidity concerns. Oh, geez. It's so hard to come up with 500 bucks when you're a grad student. But yeah, that's uh, true.
1: It is just on principle odd, though, this whole idea of like paying and, and who pays, right? Like you heard about University of California, obviously boycotting Elsevier. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so strange, right? Like they account for like 10% of all of the publishing output, right? The University of California. And, you know, and then like, but they are supposed to subscribe and the whole like costs and paying to have your research... Shared, I do think there is something strange in today's in the current times we live.
2: Well, it, but but see, you're basically saying you don't like either system. Mm-hmm. You know you, you don't like the system of the um, the libraries pay the journal, which is effectively the incumbent system, whether people realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also don't like the system of the author pays the journal, but somebody has to pay for the journals. Now it's not necessarily the case that somebody has to pay for Elsevier's thirty percent profit margins. And it's not necessarily the case that somebody has to pay for the kickbacks that journals give to disciplinary societies for the licensing rights. Mm-hmm. Right? We can imagine that those rents would could be eliminated by having journals operate on a, um, a break even nonprofit basis, mm-hmm. which sociological science does. But you know, ultimately, journals do have expenses. Mm-hmm. You know, And $500 is about the bare minimum that you can imagine for uh, – per article is about the bare minimum that you can imagine for a minimally professional journal.
0: You, Gabe, you, ha- you said something that was really interesting and touches on something that prevents me from turning around journals faster is this idea that we don't have an obligation to give detailed feedback. Because I'll tell you the number one problem that I have with reviews, the things that slows me down is when I'm looking at a 40-page monstrosity. And I feel like I have to mine a paper with very few redeeming qualities. Yeah. And just sort of mine for the nugget of gold in a sea of a paper that I generally don't like. And it does slow me down. Yeah. In part because I'm like, oh crap, I have to read that thing a second time. And it's like a three hour job mm-hmm. and you're, you know, to go through it and whatever. And uh, you're saying that uh, maybe it's we should be assuming more of a judgment role rather than a, an advisor and uh, sort of editor role.
2: Well, I, I think that's an that's the model of sociological science, and I believe it's the model of Socius. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I've never participated in Socius's review process on either end, but I'm pretty sure that they have basically the same model as social science. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we give up or down review, and we do give conditional accepts. You know, but conditional accepts by their nature are less onerous than uh, R and Rs. Yeah. Um, but you know, there are some authors who prefer, you know, developmental review, and you know, it's it's definitely possible to come up with examples of papers that improved in developmental review. Some, you know, when I can think of cases where the review, the developmental review process I went through was basically a waste of time, mm-hmm. and you know, required me to just write a basically a long response memo and not make that many changes in the paper. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and those changes I made probably made the paper worse. So in that case, the, the review, developmental review process was complete dead weight loss. And I can also think of other papers, where the review process improved the paper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now, ideally, I would have gone, I would have run the paper by colleagues, and they would have given me that feedback. Uh, because I, I think, it's a lot easier to take advice from colleagues than it is like openly when it's not blinded Mm -hmm. than it is when you basically are writing long letters to each other with a three month delay Mm -hmm. Um, because you can't ask clarifying questions. Yeah. You know, whereas if if I'm in your office and I give you advice, you can ask it. You're like, wait, what do you mean by that? And then I can explain it to you or I can even say, Oh wait, I I kind of missed that was misconceived. Whereas if you, if you, I write it in a peer review, you can't ask a clarifying question. Yeah. And, You know, the advice is both nitpicky and vague uh, that you get in peer reviews, which is what makes writing response memos so maddening. So, but, you know, some people, I think sociologists vary in the extent to which they want developmental review. And I can tell you from having read the feedback to social science that a lot of people miss it when it's not there. And I don't think they necessarily even, I don't think it's that they miss it when they get accepted. I think it's more that when they get rejected, uh everyone turns into a grade grubber Mm -hmm. it's not that you actually care why you got a b Mm -hmm. yeah it's that i'm going to demand an emotional tax on you that i'm going to force you to justify why you gave me a b because i'm mad you gave me a b you know so it it feels worse to get a short reject than to get a long reject because the long reject you're like well at least they thought about it yeah Uh, yeah the short reject. You know, you feel like, oh, they didn't even read it, and they, you know, they're just publishing their friends, and they saw that saw that I'm not from Fancy Pants U, and so they didn't accept it anyway. That that seems to be kind of the reaction against.
1: I think there's definitely something to that. Like like when I when I when my final exams you know are early, and I you know process their grades quickly and and release the marks through the central system right away, versus wait till the end of the exam period and release them. I find that I get so many more complaints just because they got this quick, you know, what I think is just because of the quick response.
0: Yeah. Uh, They have a window.
1: I'll say one, like, really quick thing from that Nature article. Um, They pointed out that, um, like, impact by, you know, looking at journals by impact factor, they they did all these different analyses of the different – ways you can think about peer review time, and they found that um, journals with the lowest and the highest impact factors, this is in the sciences, that they had the longest waiting times. So it's, you know, it's not necessarily like a, a high impact factor thing or a low one. It's oh,
2: interesting.
1: Yeah, they both end up that way. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's a whole different conversation, right, with regard to the sciences, but it can be a very long process in both.
0: You've been listening to The Annex, a sociology podcast. Special thank you to Michelle Silver from the University of Toronto. Her book is Retirement and Its Discontents, Why We Won't Stop Working Even If We Can with Columbia University Press. We're on the web, sociocast.org annex, on Twitter, at sociannex, and on Facebook, The Annex Sociology Podcast. Our producer is Laseth Moreno. On behalf of Gabriel Rossman, I'm Joe Cohen. Thanks for listening.